Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, greetings. Welcome in on a Monday morning. October 17, 2022, 33 degrees in the capital city. Burr! As we start out a brand new week, uh, week weather-wise that we will see potentially record lows in the uh, in the overnight hours tonight into tomorrow night, into Tuesday morning, I should say. And we will see, I don't know if they're going to be record highs, but we should see temperatures in the... Uh, well back into the mid-80s by the time the uh, week and weekend is over. So you know what they say about Nebraska. If they don't like the weather, duh, 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 duh. wait five minutes, it'll change. Uh, or five days. Uh, got a good show for you today. Uh, among the things on here, we uh, start a new week of Fantasy Huskers. It's Fling Week Part D, where you are uh, given another team to cheer for this weekend. So uh, be listening for the details on that coming up at 635 and then another chance to get your pick at 810 this morning. Uh, we are also going to be talking to Tim Haruza. We are going to be talking to Dirk Chatlin. I have got a concert announcement for Pinnacle Bank Arena to share Ooh. with y'all. And I, it's, uh, I will say this. Blink 182. Uh, I will say this. It's a concert that I would go to. I don't know if that makes you more or less excited about it. Ed Sheeran. But it is a concert that I would go no. to. <laughs> this is a, This is not a fun game because you know what it is. But anyway... <laughs> That announcement is going to happen. Well, well, it's we're supposed to announce it at eight o'clock. We're going to announce it at like seven fifty nine because we're yeah. not on the air at eight o'clock. Yeah. So what are they going to do to us? Really? I mean, <laughs> so be be listening right around right before the uh, top of the hour, the eight o'clock hour, and I will make that announcement. Uh, yeah, I, I will say this: bands that have been a regulars on Request Line Friday, I can oh, say yeah. that. I think, yeah. uh, especially one of them. Uh, so anyway, Fred. yes. <laughs> just go, just go away. <laughs> and that's eight o'clock Central Time. Yeah, yeah. Not like Africa time or anything. <laughs> wow. Oh, gee. <laughs> really? Wow. Wow. I'm just picking uh, stuff out of the area. Yeah. Okay. That's worse than anything I did. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. Uh, all right. Uh, well, Mark, give us the latest. Evidently, a uh, pretty significant apartment fire last uh, night. Just that- two units uh, affected, it sounds like. Um, people, uh, residents, two units have been displaced. Uh, they called 12 uh, uh, apparatus out, though. Uh, they're 2700 block of North First. That's north of the Grove. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yep. uh, between Belmont and Adams. Okay. Garber Apartments. It was right there in the corner of North First and Garber. All right. So uh, no injuries, uh, but everybody out there in their whatever they were forced out of bed with in yeah. cold, pretty chilly weather. So yeah, yeah there was the, uh, the right around freezing. Uh, LPD reported no injuries. Uh, they're still looking at the cause. They're going to be on scene there for a while. But uh, all right, all right. Red uh, Cross is is uh, helping the folks that have been displaced. All right, um, boy, it was. Uh, it, it, Nebraska football wise, and Caleb and I will get into this uh, more a little bit later in the show. But it was, uh, I don't know, it was a game that was equal amounts, I thought, for me, frustrating and encouraging uh, about this team where they, they, they kept getting up off the mat, they kept fighting, they kept fighting, but they just could not quite 
get the counterpunch right when they needed it to give them the chance to, well, I mean, to give them a chance to go on offense again so they could throw it to Trey Palmer. I mean, let's, yes. let's be honest. That was one of the most, that was a crazy game. Um, and, and, and like I said, both frustrating and encouraging, frustrating in that, boy, they had so many opportunities just to get a stop, just to make a stop down the stretch and just couldn't get it, whether it was getting close to but not actually getting a sack, whether it was just overrunning a tackle, whether it was, you know, leaving a receiver open to to get that catch at Purdue could just keep things going. So many, so many op- opportunities there. Um, and you felt like if the Nebraska offense got the ball back there with the chance to win the game, they'd have a really good shot of doing it, but they didn't. Uh, and so that was frustrating but encouraging just in that that was a game where I think previous iterations of this team in the first quarter of that game might have shriveled a little bit, and they did not. They kept fighting back. They kept going. They they got me back in that game when I was sort of thinking, you know, Nebraska wasn't going to have a shot in it. And so now they go into a two-week break. They get a bye week here coming up this week before they'll take on nationally ranked Illinois, who also has a bye week. So they, they may be a top 20 team when, by the time they come into Lincoln here and face Nebraska in a couple of weeks. So look forward to that. They're already That's a top up. 20 team. Top, They were top 25. This, they're, they're number 18 as of yesterday. Oh, I didn't know the new rankings came out. I got, I updated got it, it on our got wall. It. I didn't know that. I didn't know no know they moved wow, they moved up a lot actually. Yep. Um all right. they might then they might be a top 10 team next who, week, I guess. Who knows if Maybe enough, is what if enough of those saying. teams keep losing. I guess it was so. insane the number of ranked matchups that, on Saturday. Yeah, I guess there were a, a lot of a lot of losses out there. So, uh we will get more into that. Nebraska volleyball had another, you know, ho hum just roll through the Big 10 week again including holding <laughs> Does it matter if it's the 14th ranked team in the in, in the country or if it's destroyed Penn State? Destroyed Penn State on Friday. That was ridiculous. 25 to 9 in the third. Just ridiculous. Um and then, you know, just a kind of a normal a normal sweep yesterday against Northwestern and so they stay unbeaten in the Big 10. Uh they their next match they finally, I don't know, I mean Penn State should be a good match, but they finally have I think like a a match that looks tough on paper coming up on on Wednesday uh going to Purdue. Purdue's so. lost a couple matches over the last week or so. Yeah, but, okay, maybe that one's not going to be a tough one either then. But it is still the Big 10 and and anything it's can kind of happen it's like, there. Other than that Ohio State game this year, they just haven't. I don't know. Like, is this this is a terrible thing to say, especially given how little success all my other teams have. But oh, this season's getting a little boring. <laughs> Nebraska's too good. It's, I'm not. It's, it's, it's such a terrible thing to say. I'm so well, sorry. Don't say. But it. the game. I. I. But it's how I feel. It's like. It's, I'm excited for them. It's good to cheer. But let's be—I mean, let's be totally honest. Yesterday's match, well, good, great, you know everything. It was not. It was boring. You just knew what was going to happen. And this like, is somebody who likes volleyball. This is someone who likes volleyball. Who gets into these games? There was just no drama whatsoever in that thing. So Big Ten standings: Nebraska's undefeated at eight and zero. Wisconsin and Ohio State are at seven and one. Purdue six and two. Okay. And Minnesota's at five and three. Okay. Penn State four and four. Give me those Wisconsin matchups. That I mean, come on. Give me those Wisconsin matchups. It's not too far till they play Wisconsin, right? They play them twice. Their their game at Wisconsin is coming up here, I think. In yeah, because they'll host uh, them uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, that that, that they, they, don't worry. I I mean, don't worry me. 
about my lack of drama because it'll be coming at the end of the season. Uh, The 26th, so uh, next Wednesday at Wisconsin. Okay. All right, good. So some Wednesday night games for the volleyball team. Um, Let's see other stuff. I like to call those Wednesdays. Yeah, I do too. Um, Everybody in the, uh, all the Republicans in the Senate are trying to convince Pete Ricketts to join the Senate like he needs convincing. Yeah. What, what is the deal with that? I mean, it's like, uh, they, they're, uh, they had Lindsey Graham up at that steak fry thing at Nebraska City, and he's like, oh, we'd love you to consider doing that. Okay. We, we get it. He's doing it. I mean, we don't need, we don't need to act like we have to woo him into doing this, right? I don't. I don't think yeah. so. But McConnell and Graham and and others have have said that. Now I wonder what do you think it is. Well, I don't know. What do you think it is that is is making them uh, want to advocate like they are? I mean, I'm joking about the fact that they feel like they have to convince him. But why do you think they are coming out and, and saying those things? Are they trying Some of to these get national, him to just, uh, national to, Republican leaders to nominate himself? Uh, are they saying just just do it? No, not really, because he doesn't need to. Well, I he know doesn't, he doesn't need to. I but. doubt that. Um, no, they they just want to make sure that he's solid, knows that he's wanted in the Senate. I don't think he uh, cares think, if he's wanted. Like if he wants uh, it, uh, well. Yeah. They apparently have, yeah, they have they have big plans for him, huh? And it, it sounds you know, like they, they probably find him to be a cut pretty. They probably think he would be a very competent, you know, legislator, politician, right? All of those things, but yeah. And and to, they, it would be bolster their strength, I suppose. They probably want to have a Republican senatorial uh, gathering at the Cubs someday. That's probably what it's all about. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that's well. It. They have plenty of free time in October for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, I, so I just, I just think it's interesting. You've got all of these, these sort of national GOP leaders who are, who are kind of trying to woo him into this thing, and it doesn't seem super necessary, but they're, they're still doing it. So, well, they're being asked about it. So, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, that's that's as much the media. I mean, you don't, the media. Uh, I'm speculating. When are they going to ask somebody? And they're going to somebody up there in Washington D.C. They're going to ask like uh, I don't know, like. Uh, I don't know who's another who's another GOP leader up there. They'll ask him to be like, "Hey, I really want Mike Hilders." You know, like, like I mean, who's no? I mean, no, I don't. It was just the first person I thought of, but well, like nobody's. It's not like there's other candidates out there that. Well, he's that are, he's obviously the 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 most noted in in right. national uh, level right. politics from from the state, uh, other than the the sitting senators and congressmen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like there aren't any sitting senators who are big like Brett Lindstrom guys in this, so or well, gals. Well, they you know they've done some Washington work. Some of them have, but yeah. not not to the level of of being a exec of a state, yeah. a solid conservative state. Yes, solidly true. conservative. True, 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 true. And they they probably you know are looking for a, a little different uh, working relationship than some of them have had with Ben Sass. Oh, okay. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, no, I haven't heard anybody tell him, no, don't take the job in Florida. We need you in the Senate. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Uh, I, I, see, what I yeah. see what you mean. Um, although, although, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like, he, had, I mean, he's pretty, lo- Sass is pretty lockstep with McConnell on almost everything. Oh, yeah. Like, even on, on Trump stuff for the most part. I know, you know, McConnell was, you know, doing his part, but. 
I feel like he and he and McConnell and Sasser kind of peas in a pot a little bit on a lot of stuff. So. Well, on the voting part, and then every now and then, like I don't know, you, where you, they you would were. get a, a weird recorded into his phone folksy. Here's what Ben Sass has to say about this topic. Pete Ricketts will come out and get in front of cameras and do like. He could be more of a face of what they want things That's to be. That's true. That as opposed talk, to what you've got. He'll out talk of ben publicly. Sass. Yes, a lot more than than he'll have a different. I think a different media strategy probably than hmm. Sass did. Which Sass had a very a very tight, a very curated media strategy. Right. So if you're going to basically get the same votes, yeah, you can get an up true. an upgrade ish in that department Maybe of, of what you have from from that representative. Maybe that's it. Uh, all right, so that's what we have going on here this morning. We are now what three weeks tomorrow from election day. Yep, three. Geez, October is my favorite month, but man, it is taking forever. <laughs> like it just—I need more campaign ads. I'm not seeing enough. We're starting to get. Uh, we're we're start, but uh, the flood went all in on the uh, on the Patty Panzing Pelosi ones this weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeez. I've seen a lot I mean, of pillin and uh, pillin and education. That, yeah, the pillin one. I mean, yeah. Talk, he really. He. That's. You know, a race where you don't have to go after your opponent when pillin takes like an ultra specific issue <laughs> and <laughs> about education that isn't even like a red meat issue for the most part. I mean, this wasn't about CRT. This wasn't about a. This was straight up about school funding not being equitable. Yeah, the whole thing just said. Schools aren't getting enough I mean, uh, state funding. That's when you know you're winning yeah, your that, race. That, that goes to the property tax issue. Uh, uh, understood. Right. Understood. But With, without without it being said. Yeah, without them actually understood. But that's about still it. not a yeah. culture. That's still not a super accessible topic for a no, for a commercial. It, that's not saying Patty Pansing Pelosi, for true, instance. True. <laughs> and you notice that uh, the free to p- use that one. Helen is absolutely uh, at arm's length, if not further, from the. Uh, region selection. Yeah, we ooh, he and Ricketts are on different sides of that one. Yes, they are. We got we got a uh, got a little uh, palm tag, palm tag uh, Slama. Slama. Slama sequel going here with Her- the region's race. Maybe <laughs> Herbster Pillen will never end. <laughs> <laughs> Dividing divide. Yeah, I didn't think they would ever disagree on anything. Boy, could it get dirt? Could it get really bad? Yeah. To the point, to the point where, person who has a chance to nominate the other one to the Senate says, "You know what? You didn't support the right regent. You're not going to the Senate." Hmm. Could be. That'll never happen. All right. Six twenty-four. Did, you know, did you know Thursday can be a depressing day, but two days later can be a Saturday? Saturday. I have to think about that one. All right. Six twenty-four. A Saturday. Sad. Sadder. Okay. Sadder. 624. That was pretty bad. <laughs> it's Ellen K today with Jack and Friends on like KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Well, it was was fun last week. To follow the LNK Today uh, Twitter account that Caleb was tweeting on and just see the uh, the <laughs> clubhouse leader change play after play after play after play. I noticed after a while week. I went, I'm going to have to keep updating this bad boy. <laughs> yeah. So we asked you last week, how many total points would Nebraska and a Purdue score? And as is so often the case with this game, Caleb, it, it'd be interesting to go back and, and look at how many weeks this was the case. The extremes win this game. Yes. The extremes win this game. And Julie was on the extreme. She took uh, 66 points. Was that was she the 10th pick again? No, she, she was, was the 9th pick. She was the 9th pick. The 10th okay. pick actually took 61. Oh, God. That, okay. That's a rough pick there. Uh, but Julie was uh, was the uh, ninth pick, and yes, yeah, she had the most points, so she had 66 to infinity, and uh, she wins the prize pack from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. So that brings us to another week of Fantasy Huskers, and since there's no Husker game this week, we had so much fun last time we did Fling Week <laughs> that we decided to do it again, and, and Caleb and I talked about some different possibilities for how to do this, but we ended up going back because of the slate of top 25 games this week, it lends itself, we think, really well to just doing the same thing we did a couple of weeks ago, which was a lot of fun. When the fling's that good. Right. When it was when it was that good, which is just which AP top 25 team scores the most points this week. And I think there are like eight good choices this week. So let me first give you the, the keyword, and then I'm going to go through your options here. The keyword... Uh, to text in to get a part of get a pick on Fling Week at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. The Riggs Time Recognition Text Line is nauseous. Nauseous. Ooh. And yeah, I've taken enough of your crap this season. N a u s e o u s. Correct. <laughs> Look at you. It's <laughs> got me nervous there. N a u s e o u s. Nauseous. There you go. All right. What what's that in res- with respect to? Oh, just we went through the last time we did the bye week. I went, oh, it's a bye week. Let's make it easy. It's Monday. Okay. It's blue. So and you're always over there with your snide comments, going, "Oh, really? That that's your comment? Right. Oh, you said quarterback." I'm nervous about the rest of it now. Uh, <laughs> still haven't missed one, but I'm afraid that day may be coming. <laughs> Here are your choices for top twenty-five teams. Uh, number two, Ohio State. They play Iowa. Eh, I don't think. I- I don't know. Ohio State's got a good offense. I don't know. That'd be an interesting one. Iowa's got a really good defense. Here is the likely top pick, but when will they call the dogs off? Tennessee plays UT Martin. Uh, Caleb, that screams like 38 to nothing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. 
just just because you completely put in the backups early. So Clemson, ranked Clemson, plays ranked Syracuse. Both would be eligible. Both are high-scoring teams. Both would be a decent pick. Uh, number six, Alabama, plays number 24, Mississippi State. That could be an absolute shootout. Mm-hmm. Very, very well could be. Uh, number seven, Ole Miss plays LSU. Lane Kiffin runs up the score. We all know that. That could be a decent pick. Number eight, TCU plays number 17, Kansas State. Uh, I, I, TCU, I think, would be a, good, a decent pick. Huge offense. They put up big, big numbers. Uh, number nine, UCLA plays number 10, Oregon. You could pick either of those teams, I think, have a decent shot at it. That's got an over-under at 70 and a half, by Jeez. the way. Jeez. Number 11, Oklahoma State plays number 20, Texas. You could take either of those teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 13, Wake plays Boston College. Wake puts up a ton of points. There are so many good choices this week. Number 16, Penn State plays Minnesota. I don't think I would go for that one because Minnesota has a pretty good defense, but... Mm. Uh, number 21, Cincinnati plays SMU. Uh, certainly could be a crazy. That looks like that's definitely possible. That might be a sneaky good pick if you don't get one yep. of the first couple. And number 25, Tulane plays Memphis, uh, which also, you know. So, like, there are so many good picks this week for that particular metric that we had to go with it again. So, text in that word nauseous to 402-479-1400, and you might get that first pick. You get your, your choice between all of those AP top 25 teams all right we need to do the sound off now don't we yeah and i'm not ready for it at all so i will be here in just a moment don't forget hey we have a concert announcement today concert announcement uh something coming to to pinnacle bank arena here to lincoln that we are authorized to announce to you at 8 8 a.m yeah but we will probably do it just a little bit before 8 a.m. because we're in news right at 8 a.m. proper. Uh, All right. Sound off. Where shall we start today? Um, Well, I guess we better start. We haven't had a chance yet to talk about this. Uh, Another January 6th committee hearing on Thursday, and Trump has been subpoenaed with a public vote in front of the cameras at the end of the hearing on Thursday. What was said to be the final hearing may not actually be. What is Trump going to do in response to this? Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. It's not clear a former President Trump would comply with a subpoena compelling testimony and documents about the Capitol riot. In a lengthy social media post last week, Trump heavily criticized the panel's investigation and repeated his claims of a stolen election. Committee members, including Vice Chair Liz Cheney, have indicated last week's hearing may not be the final one. Work is ongoing, they say, to complete interim and final reports before the end of the year. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Boy, that'd be interesting if he decided to say, you know what? I am going to talk to him. We are going to do this. Uh, I tend to think he probably won't, but you never you never know sometimes because I think there have been other times where he has um, you know, had things to say mainly through social media, but in interviews and those sorts of things that might not have been, you know, the typical legal strategy, so to speak. So I don't know. I mean, that'd be one way, that'd be one way really to kind of speed this thing up one way or the other is to actually 
have him speak on this sort of thing, but I'd be surprised if we actually if we actually get that. Uh, as we said, three weeks away tomorrow, three weeks away from Election Day, and around the nation, these big swing votes, especially these Senate races, uh, also some gubernatorial races, though, are up for uh, debates. It's debate night in America in a lot of these states right now. Uh, let's hear a little bit about the big ones that are coming up tonight. It's fight night in several states, and the pundits will be watching Republican Trump-backed candidate J.D. Vance go up against Democratic Congressman Tim Ryan in the Ohio Senate race. The Real Clear Politics average has Vance up by a point, though Ohio polling's fallen short before in polling Republicans. In Georgia, Republican Governor Brian Kemp will debate Democrat Stacey Abrams. The poll average there has Kemp up five points. In Utah, Republican Senator Mike Lee will debate independent candidate Evan McMullen. One poll done in early October had Lee up five points. And in Iowa, Republican Governor Kim Reynolds will face off against her Democratic challenger, Deidre DeGere. Reynolds is considered the favorite. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Yeah, one of those doesn't really match the others, it feels like. I don't know that Iowa gubernatorial race is as tight as as those other ones that they were talking about there. Um, Excuse me. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of borrow maybe I mean maybe everybody every borrower who is eligible for student loan forgiveness, which is still by the way going on, the litigation of this is still going on. But meanwhile, uh, the federal government put out a beta test to start to give people an opportunity to apply for this loan forgiveness. Uh, under the Biden-Harris plan. What we have is a website so far. It describes on that that this is a beta launch of the application system. So it is available now. And at the top, it says that applications are being accepted to help refine the process ahead of the official launch. That's going to take place later this month and run through December 31st of 2023. Those who submit for debt relief now will not have uh, their application processed until later this month when that formal window opens up. But they also won't have to apply again. Again, this is available only to those who have received federal loans and have made less than $125,000 as an individual in 2021 or 2020, or as a family made less than $250,000. All right. Um, So they're they're getting going with the process again while there's still litigation, as we heard uh, last week going on between some of the states who are trying to essentially enjoin the federal government from doing this. Uh, So Elon Musk... I kind of had a change of heart, I guess, on, no, no, this is not about his perfume called Burnt Hair. I don't know if you saw that, but yes, he's put out his own fragrance. No, this is a little bit of a more important matter. Um, His companies have been providing this Starlink that provides internet for much of Ukraine, and he had grown frustrated after a while because... They were picking up the tab for that, and and nobody else was, and so he talked about potentially pulling back on the whole thing. Well, evidently, he's had a bit of a change of heart on that. Elon Musk tweeting Saturday afternoon that SpaceX will continue funding Starlink satellite internet service in Ukraine, despite the fact it's still losing money. Starlink is used by Ukraine's government and military. The apparent reversal comes after Musk had sent a letter to the Pentagon in September asking them for help in funding Starlink terminals. According to the letter, it will cost over $120 million to fund Starlink through the end of 2022. SpaceX has transported around 20,000 Starlink terminals to Ukraine. Musk also tweeted that he still supports Ukraine against the Russian invasion, but that massive escalation of the war will greatly harm Ukraine and potentially the world. Laura Cantor, Fox News. All right. Um, Moving on. This is a bit of a a local one here, Uh, but people who are uh, hoping to go to to the Omaha Zoo have found some exhibits closed there because 
they have been they've been struck by bird flu, avian flu, uh, oh, among no. some of the uh, pelicans there. The closures at Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo came after one of its pelicans died from the highly pathogenic avian bird flu. The zoo also said a second pelican became ill on Friday and was euthanized. The Omaha Zoo is one of many zoos across the country that's taken extra precautions to protect their birds from the virus as the outbreak has begun to make a resurgence this fall. More than 47 million chickens and turkeys have been slaughtered already this year to limit the spread. Ted Lindner, Fox News. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to think where the pelicans are at the... Uh, are they actually part of that? Because that, the, at the Omaha Zoo, don't they have that aviary place that you can actually walk through where they have the nets up and stuff? I wonder yeah. if those are... Those are in there. If they're in a different part of the uh, of the zoo, I can't remember exactly. It's been a little while. Well, last time we went, been we, there. we went this summer, and I we didn't go into the aviary area. Probably a good choice, right? Well, <laughs> and I don't I don't recall seeing them somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, none, nonetheless, that is uh, that continues to be an issue, and it's bumping up a little bit uh, this this fall. Also, why does that guy say? Avion, like it's the uh, the brand of water that got really popular for a while. Avian, Avian, Avion. Uh, all right. Uh, oh God, this is this is kind of a fun one, but a funny one as as well. So, if you were watching any college football this weekend besides Nebraska, you surely saw uh, Tennessee upsetting Alabama and the absolute pandemonium it set off at Neyland Stadium. That was so much fun. Just to crazy. It was. T- it was. It was kind of a bummer because the Nebraska game was just starting when all of that was happening, and so I was, I was flipping back and forth. I was mainly watching the Nebraska game, but I wish I could have had my focus fully on what was happening at at Neyland Stadium with just the entire stadium opening up, like emptying out onto the field, the goalposts coming down, just craziness happening inside of there. They take the goalposts out of the stadium, parade them around downtown Knoxville, end up throwing them in the river, evidently. <laughs> and now, now the University of Tennessee is saying, uh, guys, we need goalposts for next weekend. Those are expensive. <laughs> so, University of Tennessee football fans stormed the field at Neyland Stadium Saturday after Chase McGrath's game-winning field goal to help the Volunteers upset Alabama 52-49. to Fans made their way off the field with both goalposts in tow, walking out of the stadium through the streets of Knoxville before dumping them in the Tennessee River. Now Tennessee football tweeting Sunday that it's time for fans to pay up, making suggestions for donations for new goalposts, one option being $16, which is the number of years it had been since the Vols beat rival Alabama, a $52.49 donation, which plays off the final score, and a $1,019.15 donation, which is a nod to the size of Saturday's sold-out crowd. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Uh, <laughs> Good luck with. Come that. on, tennis. That looked really cheap. Good luck with. That. Come on, Tennessee. I mean, you you you're a former football power. Act like one. Come on. Well, and they. I, he, he, he's asking for do- How much is that going to cost them? How much is installing your goalposts? You are a top ten team, and you just beat Alabama. Right. When Alabama should have made that field goal, and you shouldn't have even had a chance at midfield to go get time, and then you have to get the first down and get a timeout and get your field goal kicker out there, who kicked the worst looking field goal? Oh my gosh, that thing was a duck! Like you had to have so many things go right. Yeah, 
Let them enjoy it. Yeah, like, come oh, on. Oh, sorry, we need we need field goals, guys. We're, yeah, we we need the uprights. I mean, is it, that, that's like the person. That's like inviting the. Uh, you know, you go to somebody's house for a party, and uh, right, and they get they've got like they order some pizza or something. You're like, if you want to, you can leave some money here for the pizza. If you, if you guys want, <laughs> if you. Want- if, if you want, like it was kind of expensive for me. It was and kind I of expensive, it, but, but yeah, you know, you know how it's up to you. But it, you know, it was it was a lot. Then I started seeing <laughs> some some people were sharing with me uh, old videos of Nebraska fans storming the field. Yeah. I was like, guys, you just beat Colorado by like a billion. Why are you storming? 19, the field? Because in not when the the one that you probably saw was in 1992 <laughs> because that was pure rage. Just that was just it had been a rough few years against Colorado. And here's the thing, before even it gets to the storming the field, everyone around the field was, like oh god, yeah. What was security some, like 30 know, Some years of those ago. Oklahoma games that if you watch, I mean, it is just people standing all over the I mean, and it's not just insane. around the field. They are literally standing five yards <laughs> onto the insane. field. It's so and great. nobody's saying anything. I know, I know. I was there for a few of those. Uh, I look at the field amazing. wrong and security's over there. Right. And then, uh, last but not least, weekend box office. What one at the theaters? Well, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Michael My or, uh, or uh, Jace. Who's the uh, Jamie Christmas? Who's the Halloween one? Well, whatever they won. The horror sequel Halloween Ends debuts in the top spot. Boys! Universal slasher film earning $41.3 million in ticket sales, pushing Smile into second place in its third week in theaters. Paramount's horror flick selling $12.4 million worth of tickets. Coming in third on the weekend charts, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, the Sony family musical with $7.4 million in ticket sales in its second week. Kathleen Maloney, Fox News. All right, Michael, it is Michael Myers, sorry. I have heard of one of those movies. <laughs> I have seen zero. I've seen a lot of those Halloween advertisements for, yeah, the, I, for the Jamie Lee Curtis one. Yeah. Not as much as the Pete Davidson Taco Bell commercial, but oh my gosh. All right. They they have poured Ooh, some money. Wow. They put more money into that than what we are seeing go into I, campaign ads. I mean, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a lot this weekend. All right. It's 6.35. We will take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIA. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Frustration or promise? What was the legacy of that game in West Lafayette? Caleb and I will discuss coming up at 710. What does it mean for the rest of the season as we come upon a bye week for Nebraska? We'll get into all of that here coming up in just a few minutes. Also, we'll have our morning drive. We'll count down the five things that you're going to be talking about this week. And we will also announce a concert. Pinnacle Bank Arena uh, has a concert announcement uh, that we're going to be able to do just before 8 a.m. today. And as I said earlier, um, I don't know if this helps or hurts, but this is a, a show I would go to. I would definitely go to. So, And maybe I will go to. Hopefully I will. Uh, so I'll tell you we're that gonna go to the. Uh, we're going to sit in the loge? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, so that's all coming up a little bit later in the show. We've got Tim Haruza. We've got Dirk Chatlin. So we are jam-packed on this Monday morning. Right now, chilly out there. 32 degrees in the capital city. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. It is 7 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. No safer traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us on this Monday morning, chilly Monday morning. Been hovering around 32 for uh, most of the show, barely. Barely going to get far into the 50s here today or tomorrow, but I already see next weekend we're looking back at the mid-80s by the time Sunday rolls around, at least as the forecast stands right now. So a little bit of a delay. Uh, by the way, they turned on, at least in my neighborhood, the fall color got like a, uh, some kind of a switch was flipped over the last 48 hours. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the trees, it went it went quick. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention before, but was driving around this weekend. I was like, oh, yeah, we got it. Uh, we got it here now. Good. So looking nice uh, out there. Wanted to, uh, Caleb, wanted to get in a little bit. We haven't had a lot of chance to talk about the uh, Nebraska-Purdue game, one that I described as as um, um, both frustrating and encouraging was the way that I felt watching watching that entire thing. It's, it's you know, it's just, it's hard to know how to analyze a game this season because of the context of where the season is because, you know, standing in a, in a vacuum, you you watch that game and you're just you're you're frustrated that the defense couldn't get off the field. Um, you're frustrated again with the offensive line play, the lack of ability to establish a running game. There are certainly there are certainly big imperfections that you can pick out during that game. But when you put it in the context of this entire season and who Purdue is and how they've played this year, you can also look at it and say, yeah, that that you know. That flawed performance was also one that was pretty amazing, given where this team was and what it could have been in that situation. Where do you come out on that discussion? I mean, so for Nebraska football as a program, yes, there seemed to be a little bit more fight than than you saw previously, even over the last couple of years. They'd be in a lot of one-score games, but you kind of knew about the time that there was just no chance of coming back. On Saturday night, I was still saying, just get a stop here. Yeah. And get the offense the ball. And there's a belief that they could make something happen. That belief hasn't always been there the last couple of years. But the the lack of being able to play complimentary football once again hurt on Saturday. Fantastic to see all of the yards go up on offense. Everything Trey Palmer's doing, the Palmer's down there somewhere and just throwing it up to him. Like that was that was great, but Nebraska averaged le- their 
drives on Saturday less than 80 seconds. They had multiple scoring drives of less than a minute. That then plays into the defense isn't able to get off the field and they're having to run back out there less than five minutes of real time. So you add up the 42 minutes that Purdue's on the field of game time with any stoppages that are in there, and Nebraska's defense was out there for over an hour. Like, that's a long time to be out there. So there are parts that, just like we had said even before Mickey Joseph, that that I was saying was the defense needs to make plays and get off the field, but also if they're out there so long, it's hard for them to make plays as the game goes on because you're winded, and then you're injured at some key positions, and then you're throwing other guys out there and hoping that they can make plays. Um, You did get the opening, opening drive. Guess what? They weren't throwing at Malcolm Hartzog a whole lot anymore. That's yeah. a giant bright spot seeing seeing him emerge three straight games with an interception. Like it's encouraging to see that even with the offensive line issues, the offense can still do some really good things. You still got a hand on a punt. Timmy Bleakroad can still go out and kick field goals. We haven't seen him for weeks. The defense made some plays, but just they got winded. There's the depth issues. They weren't able to make enough plays. It's encouraging in some aspects, but very frustrating and disappointing in several others. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it it, it is really hard for me. It, it it it's hard for me to get too up in arms about anything because I legitimately thought at at one point after that Oklahoma game, I thought there was a chance Nebraska had won its last game this year. Oh, for sure. I, mean, I thought that was absolutely in the cards at that point, and just and you from, wouldn't have been alone in that from the combination of the way that that game went, the way that all of the other teams were faring that they had lost to previously this year, the potential attrition, emotional and buy-in that would come along with that whole thing, and so much of that didn't happen, and and it was an L on the board, but this was not at all. This was nothing like that scenario that I was imagining then when things went right. south this season. It was a it was a battle, and you're right. There were things, yeah, you're right. The defense got worn down. The defense didn't make the stops. The defense didn't have the, didn't execute, didn't make the plays. That's what Mickey Joseph said, and that's absolutely true. But it was not, it just, it just hasn't been what I feared this season would be at all. Um, and so it's hard for me to get too down on, on everything right now. And, you know, that team... That frankly, if that team outside of Michigan, that team and and the way that they play, they can still beat any of the teams left on their schedule. Maybe outside of Michigan, absolutely. They, they I mean, they especially with some tweaks here and there, yeah, making things a little bit better. Especially with two weeks of rest to hopefully get healthy, to get Reimers healthy and to get uh, Henrich healthy mm-hmm. and to get Casey Thompson, frankly, healthy. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe some along that offensive line a little bit more healthy and Quentin Newsom more healthy and. And all of those things, and so it's still, you know, it's it's still encouraging for how I and 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 frankly, you know, as a fan, I was having fun looking at those Big Ten West standings. That's probably done now. Okay, that that and 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 it might be for the better, frankly, because I don't know who really wants to go and play Ohio State in that first week of December in Indianapolis and and have the season end that way. And so, you know, barring... The thing is, though, if, if you got to that point, the season wouldn't end that way because you'd be in a bowl game. Yeah, exactly. But I think my point was just going to be, 
you know, now the focus isn't as much on on those Big Ten West standings, which, you know, it, it kind of was, barring the, the bottom just falling out for Purdue, which I don't really mm-hmm. see happening because they have they essentially have a two-game lead on Nebraska now. Yeah, when uh, you start looking at that with, Michigan. With, with the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and, and the tiebreaker. So, uh, but now it's about getting to six wins, yeah. frankly. It's about getting to six wins, and it's about getting some wins against teams that have had your number mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and that's, you know... That's that's Minnesota. I mean, that's Illinois, frankly. Illinois, Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin, Iowa. Yeah. I mean, what can you do in those what can you do in those four games? I ask especially. Mm-hmm. Those four games which are um your you know, your your division rivals, teams that have had your numbers, teams uh, in large part you've had difficult now Minnesota they got a win against a couple of times here. Uh but Iowa and Wisconsin certainly has had had their numbers. So how many of those can you get? It's a fascinating question. You get, um, let's see, Caleb, doing the math. You've got to get, you've got to get three of them, right? Yeah, you got three of them to get to a bowl game. Three out of five. Three out of those. Yeah. Well, and I'm really three out of four. Yeah, if you take Michigan off the table, and who knows? But but if you if you put it down to those, three out of four, three out of four gets you to a bowl game, okay, and wins three really, you know pretty significantly big games for this program. And the weirdest part about that is... Three of which are at home. Your three most likely games that you're going to be in, Illinois is actually probably the toughest game. Maybe. That may be the case. They looked really good against like, last like week. If you look at that those, defense looks if legit. If you look at those four and you said, what are the three that you would have your best chance at winning out of those four? It is Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa. Right. Like Illinois is your fourth most is your is your most difficult game out of those four, especially if Minnesota is without their quarterback. And I don't know what the prognosis yeah. is, but he got punched in the head and yeah. went off basically on a cart uh, last week. So we'll see when Tanner Morgan comes back. But it's like it's three weeks till Nebraska plays right. him, so he may he may have time to to actually recover there. Yeah, it might be. One more thought on be. Saturday. We're, it's a we're, huge game. One one more thought on this last Saturday. We're still seeing. Mickey Joseph learned to be a head coach at this level, and I'm thinking of the use of timeouts yeah. in the second half. And I, uh, yeah, they needed so, those. So you, you, the first timeout, you needed to get a stop. I believe it was ended up being a touchdown, so mm-hmm. you didn't get a stop there. Uh, the second one, you want to get a stop on a third down, which then really gives you a bunch of momentum because it Purdue doesn't score, and you had just scored, and I think at that point you could either tie or take the lead. Um, and then you get even a penalty for Purdue that backed him up more. And so it was like a third and 11. Mm-hmm. And Purdue converted. Mm-hmm. So you used two timeouts and didn't really get anything out of it. As we saw with Purdue being able to run off the last six minutes of the game, I think at that point, at least after the first timeout was used, when you still had two left, there there needed to be the consideration that this was a shootout and it was going to come down to who's got the ball late in the game. Mm-hmm. As opposed to some of those games that end up fourteen thirteen, right? Where if you can get a third down stop, well, they're not going to get a lot of other chances anyway. So I think in that case, when you think it, when you see it's being a shootout, those timeouts are more necessary at the very end of the game. Yeah. And then on the on the positive side, I keep thinking uh, teams are going to figure out the uh, the Trey Palmer situation, and evidently it's very complicated. Well, and it's not even just the the deep throws because somehow he's getting open. I have no idea. How, how are he, you not? I don't know how he's getting. First of all, the one on one coverage is baffling to me, 
at any point on the field. But then one-on-one coverage without putting a safety over the top is another thing. How is that safety not automatically saying, I don't care what's happening over here. I am shading towards Trey Palmer. And then you saw him catch the ball underneath and just run past guys. Mm-hmm. So it's they're they're not keeping him in front at all, and then they're not giving extra help to it. Yeah, and the corners can't keep up with him. I mean, they just can't. It's it's unbelievable. I tweeted this out on Saturday for all of the gruff that Nebraska fans, yeah, college football fans in general, have with the transfer portal. Nebraska has been very fortunate with Sunday wide receivers transferring to Nebraska. That's true. Torre last year. Torre Torre a year ago. And yeah. what you have in Trey Palmer is a Sunday wide receiver. Jeez. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully at some point you can translate that threat. I mean, keep going back to it, to opening up the running game to some degree, because that was a, that was a killer not to be able to just not to be able to get almost anything out of that run. You were able to game. get a, a couple of short yardage situations, which were, it was really nice to see that you get into a goal line mm-hmm. and you just give it to a big guy and right. say, you have to fall forward a yard. Just get right. the yard. But we just didn't see, we, I, you know, I think we talked about this on Friday that try, seeing some of those chunk plays from Anthony Grant that just, you know, they weren't there. You feel like he's capable of it, but I'm wondering if he's getting a little tired. Yeah. We saw Ramir Johnson for a play. He looked good on that play. He did. All right. Hey, I, nobody's looking more forward to this uh, week off than Casey Thompson. I know that. Rest. <laughs> yes. Ice, ice bath. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's 723. We'll take a break. Caleb's got a full sports cast coming up next morning. Driving about 10 minutes. Just an LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Oh, yeah. All right, let's count them down, starting with number five. Governor Pete Ricketts getting support from multiple places and people in the Senate, uh, especially the GOP leadership, to be uh, Nebraska's next senator. We reported last week Mitch McConnell had said that he hoped Ricketts would be taking this spot. More recently, uh, at the uh, annual steak fry in Nebraska City, Lindsey Graham said he hoped the governor would consider the position. So. Why do you think uh, getting so much assertiveness out of the GOP leadership? I, I, that's it's a good it's a good question. I think um, I mean I think these discussions probably have been going on in the background. And there's probably some understanding that you know you have you have some of these high powered leaders in the party float that name out there, and it's going to be you know it's 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 going to make it more likely to happen. It probably is already very likely to happen, but to seem like it has the blessing of the leaders in the party it just 
it drives it more toward happening. And they probably want him there because, as as you talked about at the beginning of the show, I think, um, I think he's going to be something. He he will bring some political uh, clout. He's been very loyal on these things. I know you know the 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 Trump people of the world have called him a rhino, but boy, he's been staunch when it comes to. I think Republican policy issues specifically, and I think it's going to play well in D.C. Yep. I just, I mean, just in in that whole yeah, thing. And he's had some national uh, level, uh, you know, coverage. He was the chairman of the Republican Governors Association. Yeah. Uh, I believe he was chairman of the uh, National Governors Association, right. wasn't he? At yeah. one point, that, that uh, sounds right. But but he was involved. Was at the White House several times during the Trump administration. Very uh, proactive and aggressive in during the COVID nineteen. The state has done very well coming out of the pandemic, surviving the pandemic. So. You know, there's a little bit of that. Uh, I think they think he'll be effective. Yeah. I think they think he'll be effective. I don't think it hurts that he also is kind of a, a kingmaker in politics either. Sure. Um, probably financially. I think that probably factors into some In the last couple of years, we really saw Governor Ricketts step up how outspoken he was on national politics. Uh-huh. It wasn't just what was going on in the state. We saw him take a stance on a lot of issues. He's taken a big stance on the border, including sending personnel down down south. He's, yeah. he's taken a big stance on a lot of national issues that you typically don't see a governor need to take yeah. if it doesn't really pertain to their state. And there were times where it felt like he was trying out for something like this. Yes. Let's be honest. Yes. And I, you know, I don't know how... I mean, this all came together because Florida wanted Ben Sass, so I don't know that it was necessarily coordinated, but it did feel like he was kind of auditioning for something like this for quite some time. Well, he was ready for an opportunity if it presented itself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, by the way, uh, my continued, you know, my continued thought is, Mark, I mean, this, it's going to be him. Yeah. I, I mean, it's absolutely, it, it's going to be him. It's going to, uh, unless somehow Sass doesn't get that Florida job. Uh, but I think Sass wants to leave anyway. To be oh, honest, he'll find absolutely. he'll find another way too. Maybe at this point, but he'll probably get the job. The timing will be such that uh, Pillen, at least part of that forty-five days, will go into Pillen's term. Pillen will have the chance to make the appointment. He, he would yeah. he would then appoint Ray. That's did, how it'll go down. Pillen did address uh, last week at an Omaha event with about uh, 40, 50 supporters. He was asked. Uh, I think it was Aaron Sandiford at the Examiner. Uh, asked him about what he thought about it, and he says, "I'm concentrating on my race. I don't, you know, I'm not going to go down that river yet, and we'll yeah. see what happens after I win." Yeah. Moving on. Number four. Uh, the Huskers needed the ball just one more time Saturday night against Purdue. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. You really felt like just one more time God. in the final six minutes. That fourth down is killing me thinking about it. Ty, Rob- or, uh, Ty Robinson just overran that play just a little bit. Couldn't get back and make the tackle on O'Connell, who scrambled. Had him Ugh. dead to rights back there. Just had- There were so many plays. There were so many plays where it looked like they had a sack and they just didn't complete it late in that game. That would have been game-changing, yes. but just couldn't. I, I mean, Aiden O'Con- Mathis had him at one point. Aiden McConnell, uh, Aiden O'Connell is no Michael Vick, but boy, he just had that escapability. It, it seemed like for a whole bunch of sacks that could have been game changers, and and basically Nebraska could have broken serve in that game, got the ball back, and and you feel like had they not gotten that fourth down, had they had to punt or something. <laughs> That I, that that Nebraska was going to have a good shot of I don't know finding Trey Palmer wide open for another seventy yard touchdown. Yeah, since it, they hadn't figured it out yet at that point, it wouldn't have mattered where Nebraska got the ball on the field. Yeah, like because there are times where Nebraska 
you see, especially in the Big Ten, Nebraska gets the ball inside their own 10, inside their own 5, and you're like, man, just don't let some disaster happen. Yep. The way the offense was playing with the big playability to get the ball to Trey Palmer, and other guys contributed as well, helped move the ball, and then at times maybe that did open up Palmer because you just did enough to some other guys. Uh, they, the first touchdown drive for Nebraska, it was quick passes coming out. It protected Casey Thompson because yep. they couldn't get the pressure back there. Quick pass, quick pass. Got all the way down. He scored a short touchdown run with uh, with Jacquez Yant. Yep. And then that really wasn't the offense the rest of the game. The rest of the game became just get the ball to Trey Palmer and see what happens. And it worked. So if Nebraska could have just gotten it one more time, but the Blackshirts couldn't get off the field, six minutes off the clock, 42-plus for Purdue in the game. They ran 101 plays. Jeez. It felt like it, too. Uh, so now off week and uh, Nebraska now uh, now is an uphill battle if they were if they had any designs on winning the Big Ten West. But as we talked about earlier, you got five games left, right? You need three of them to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, and four and, and they're all against teams that have had your number that you really want to beat here at this point, and and three of them are at home. Yeah, and so yeah, there's a lot. It's going to be a fascinating end of the season, which I don't know that we were sure was going to happen here uh, when Mickey Joseph took <laughs> right. over. So, well, and um, Joseph says you just want to go one and zero that week. I'm sure the next time we hear him, he'll say we went zero and one the last time we were out. So let's go one and zero against well, Illinois. And I think the mindset you have to have down the stretch here is is not so much looking at the Big Ten West, saying this is what we have to do to get back in the division and hope that Purdue loses. I think you just focus on the three. Yeah. And you, and, six wins. And if you're in a position at that point, then you're in a position at that point. Yeah, you would. If you could do that, if you went, if you went three and two to finish the year, that puts you at 500 for the year. That puts you at a, a Big Ten winning record. That gets you to a bowl game. Which, yeah, that in the pantheon of Nebraska football, that's not normally anything to celebrate. But given that you are in, given the season you're in the midst of right now, that's still pretty impressive. Um, that's still pretty impressive, and that's not going to cool a lot of uh, a lot of fires that people have. That Mickey Joseph should be the oh, next the head Mick, coach. The Mickey Mania, the Mickey Mania will uh, will continue if that happens. So take a week off. They need a week off, big time, to heal up uh, all over that team. Then uh, get back to it with what'll be a big game, big game against top twenty team. Yeah, still going to be top twenty because they're idle this week as well. Just means we can focus a little bit more on volleyball. Yep, exactly. Uh, By the way, good weekend for volleyball too. I don't have it in the in the morning drive here, but Paris sweeps dominated Penn State Friday and. What dominated Penn State, and <laughs> I, I said this earlier this year. I feel bad about it that I'm doing this. I'm taking for granted because I have so many teams that I cheer for that don't do well consistently. Like I'm ready for some good games, good matches for this team. I'm ready for some. Sorry, like I'm ready for some competition. These sweeps are. You know what we well, do? yesterday? I was like, okay, this is over. You know <laughs> what we do get this weekend? Even though there's no football. What's that? Men's basketball first exhibition, right. Shattered State Sunday. Yeah. Well, in back to volleyball Wednesday night, huge match against that number uh, at number nine Purdue. So. Number nine, yeah, we'll get the ABCA rankings later today. They'll still be top fifteen, I would expect. They lost. Oh yeah. boy, another sweep. <laughs> <laughs> number boring. three, boring. <laughs> so many pickleball players, so few pickleball courts. Yes. Uh, the city did a little survey. Over the summer, uh, Lincoln Journal stars Margaret Reese Wasted away in Margaret Reesteville. As a big story that she posted yesterday, uh, they're adding more She courts. went in depth on this thing. Yeah, she deep did. dive. It was a <laughs> deep, deep dive. dive into like the feuds in the pickleball, like 
junior tennis courts being transformed into pickleball courts at Irvingdale. It's like it was. Which courts have got trees blocking the wind at them? (laughs) I was like, that's the information I need. Mark, this is an intense community here. You do not mess with the pickleball community in this city. You You do not. I've uh, I've seen some of it on Facebook, and they are serious Uh, about pickleball. So they want more courts, so they got the city to basically come up with this, this master plan, which basically is pretty much unfunded. So that's a little bit of an issue. Uh, but it's going to go in front of the Parks and Rec Advisory Board, and it would increase the uh, city's pickleball courts from 40 to 64. Can you imagine how much wind the Pershing mural would block around some pickleball courts? <laughs> Listen, it's not. That's You laugh, but that's not the worst idea. It, it's not. I, no, now, I, I, believe, uh, I believe in that article they also talked with make it a who, wall. Yeah. whoever's in charge of Pickleball Lincoln and said that they would be applying for some grants that may be able to help some stuff get underway within the next year or two. One of the things that I took away from that article, as someone who has played before and has played on a number of different surfaces, whether it's just been the concrete mm-hmm. or it's been more of a, a tennis surface, like, like you get at some indoor tennis centers, Man, playing on an actual surface feels so much better. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of tennis players, like you have your preferred court. Yeah. Anything that gets you off of concrete or what you see a lot of places that you have to go and you're just playing on like a basketball gym, getting off of those and right. onto a surface, one, it feels better on the joints. Y- your knees yes, appreciate like, it. Like there's that part of it. But the way the ball spins, the way you're able to move around, it all feels so much better when there's an actual surface. And yes, that does cost more than just going and putting down concrete. By the way, is the tennis community going to get mad? Because the master plan decreases the amount of tennis courts from 37 to uh, 35. As uh, as overly as aggressive as this pickleball thing, I'm surprised they aren't looking for more indoor courts. That's the thing that I want is the outdoor, outdoor can be fun. But you do need, just like when they were talking about they wanted to keep those junior tennis courts because there was enough trees that blocked the wind for it. That's a big part outside, and we know Nebraska's got no shortage of wind. But so that, those, in, indoor places, I really want more of. Hey. Plus the, the junior tennis courts, that would have been a multi-use type, uh, full-size tennis court, so you could have families. Yeah. You know, since since Woods was so has been so famous for tennis and, and kind of racket sports, we ought to build a little, you know, like uh, a spectator stadium for pickleball there. I was wouldn't literally be, saying this a week ago. Wouldn't that be cool? Like uh, like when they play the U.S. Open? <laughs> like just, center court. I just said this like a week ago. On I'm the so, air to me? I, I don't know if it was on the air here, but I know I was saying I feel bad if I didn't listen. No, no, no. <laughs> I can't. No, I honestly cannot remember where right. I said it. But I was saying I want a U.S. Open center court style pickleball court in Lincoln. I don't know. As much demand as there is, who knows what you'd be able to get in terms of... Uh, doing that. I don't know. I want you hosting some regional tournaments. That'd be good. That'd be good. Lively crowd. It'd be fun. Put it by the War Horse. Or by the new softball baseball complex. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Number two. Following the death of one of the pelicans from bird flu, Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium closed numerous displays. Uh, The pelican died last Thursday, and then Friday, another pelican had uh, to be euthanized and came sick from it. So they're trying to uh, safeguard Avian influenza, bird flu, uh, is mostly carried by the droppings of wild birds. And uh, we had it, uh, I mean, we had huge numbers of uh, chickens and turkeys uh, uh, earlier in this year. So this is not good. Yeah. But this is also the time of year where you have more of the migration underway. 
So that could be uh, one of the contributing factors. Well, they've got a lot of those birds are, are in that kind of that avian area, different types of them, where they're sort of netted up. Yeah. You know what I'm talking once about? You, once you get yeah. it in a, a flock like that uh, and in the area, it's not good. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully they've got that thing uh, nipped in the bud there for, with, the, uh, with the pelicans. Number one. Kanye West, who's now known as Yee, plans to acquire Parler, the Twitter-like social media app that's been uh, a haven for conservatives. Uh, he was kicked off, uh, or whatever you call it. Restricted from Twitter. Yeah, yeah they shut his account down for a so, while. At least. Uh, he says his Instagram and Twitter accounts were restricted, so he wants to buy the conservative one because he thinks those voices need to have a place to get their word out. i got to be honest, I forgot, because everything had become about True Social, mainly because that's where Trump yeah. is posting, yeah. I had 100% forgotten that parlor was a thing. I did too, even though I, <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, it was like a big. It was a big deal. Like the, I remember, like governor got an account and all those sorts of. The, I, is that still a robust community? I have no idea. I don't know. Every now and then, I look at the the app, and and I've got like three hundred and fifty notifications, and I just probably all crypto scams. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good luck. So we're gonna. We may have Kanye owning Parlor. We may have Elon still owning Twitter. And Lincoln Which, by the way, pickleball. they kind of get along. They kind of get along, you know. And Trump owning truth. And tr- well, yeah, there's some news about well, that this truth, weekend so no. too. Trump was trying to get his wife to have a lot of the controlling share in yeah. truth. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, are we gonna bring together? Are, are we gonna have some kind of a merger here with this whole thing? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you know, they often talked about the. Uh, Possibility of FedEx and UPS That's merging true. at some point. That's They'd true. Call it fed up. <laughs> Seven fifty five at Tell K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you-, you know how to book flights and hotels, all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, with the Nebraska bye week, it's another fling week. You pick another team. We'll tell you details about that in a second. But first, your keyword to text to the Rick Stein recognition text line at 402-479-1400 is... Indict. Indict? It can be a tricky one to spell. Oh, I can spell it. I'm just trying I, I to... know. That, that one, I kind of wheelhoused you I that one. I-N-D-I-C-T. Indict. I kind of threw that one into your uh, wheelhouse. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow, we were really getting... Okay. 
We're having some, we're really going deep with these keywords here. All right, indict is the <laughs> keyword. Uh, what you get if you are picked is a uh, a pick in the draft. And this week we are picking other teams again. You know, we're doing this the exact same way we did it for the last bye week because it, it was just kind of a fun way to do it. Yeah. Um, and so we are looking, and there are just so many good candidates for that exact question, which is an AP Top 25 team, the AP Top 25 team, that scores the most points. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and let's see, we've got one one pick off the board. Who was, uh, who was that? Who do you think was the number one pick? Probably Tennessee. It was Tennessee. Okay, and who was that picked by? Jeff All took right. the Vols. They play UT Martin, um, and they very well could be. The, that very well could be. That probably would be my number one pick, too. But I, I also just have a weird sense that that's going to be one of those games where they get backups in so early that maybe you just had a battle against Alabama. Yeah. It's an in-state school, so maybe you don't want to embarrass yeah, them. I don't you just know. want to get the win and get out healthy. There's, there's just a lot of games. So you got uh, number two. There's there's a lot of buys, but number two Ohio State plays Iowa. Uh, you've got number five Clemson playing number fourteen Syracuse. Easily that could be a those games in the Carrier Dome get crazy. <laughs> um, it feels it like it's going to be an ACC shootout. Number six Alabama versus Mississippi State. I mean. Alabama has played has put up tons of points every game. It's their defense that's been letting them down, and that's up against Mike Leach's offense. I uh-huh. mean, who knows what could happen in that one? Number seven, Ole Miss at LSU. Lane Kiffin has never been shy about running up to score. Uh, number eight, TCU. Number seventeen, Kansas State. That's another game. You know how the Big Twelve goes. Yep. Uh, number not you could pick either of those teams. Number nine, UCLA. Number ten, Oregon. Pick either of those games. That sounds like. I mean, Chip Kelly against his old team that is known for putting up tons of points. I mean, come on. And that's got the highest over-under of the week at over 70. Number 11, Oklahoma State against number 20, Texas. Again, teams that have been another Big 12 game that you could absolutely see being a giant shootout. Uh, 13, Wake Forest versus Boston College. You could take Wake Forest there. They put up big numbers this year. That would be a, a sneaky good pick, I think. 16, Penn State versus Minnesota. 21 Cincinnati versus SMU. That one looks potentially really good uh-huh. there. And then number 25 Tulane versus Memphis. So, I mean, all now that you got through that Tennessee pick, it gets really interesting. It does. After that. So, we will see uh, if you uh, text indict to the Pristine Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. Sounds so weird for me to say that. Uh, oh, we're just getting started with this week of uh, keywords. All right. You're going to try and. You're gonna try and get me on the spelling, aren't you? <laughs> uh, if you if you missed it, we announced uh, Journey is coming to the Pinnacle Bank Arena with special guest Toto. That concert's gonna be ways away. It's gonna be in March of 2023, Saturday, March 25th. But tickets are already going on sale on Friday at 10 a.m. We'll tell you about the pre-sale code uh, on Thursday, the 20th. If you become a KLIN insider at KLIN.com, we'll send it straight to your inbox. So that'll get you a pre-sale code to get ahead of everybody else on that. And if you haven't already liked the KLIN Facebook page, do that now. There's a thread there where you can tell us your favorite Journey and Toto songs for a chance to win them before anyone can buy them. I would guess, too, we may have some of these showing up on Ticket Thursday uh-huh. uh, over the course of uh, of the next few months as well, but that should be a good show. And so ticking off another of the... Uh, Journey's already been here, I think. Didn't they come with Def Leppard? I think, guys, you can correct me if I'm I'm wrong on that. But I didn't get out there to to see him when they came there. Toto, I don't think is has been to Pinnacle Bank Arena for sure. Um, and so I'm excited to potentially see them too. And so we continue to kind of notch off those those big bands, those big artists that haven't yet been to uh, 
Ben DeLincoln, I remember. Um, By the way, you just you mentioned that folks have a chance to win those tickets if they comment on the uh, the Facebook post. Brent has already said his favorite songs, "Faithfully" by Journey, "Africa" by Toto. Okay, those will be. I mean, you know, it's interesting because um, "Don't Stop Believing" has become such an entity now as a song, mm-hmm. driven in part by the Sopranos finale and driven actually by the TV show Glee. Like it was not as big a hit as some of their other songs were at the time that it was actually out, uh, but it's become a bigger hit subsequently to its initial run of popularity in the in the eighties. So I'm going to guess most people are going to say that. Uh, and yeah, Toto, you I mean, yeah, you're probably going to go. Did you get, Africa Rosanna? Maybe did you get mad at Don't Stop Believing getting a little bit bigger? Because of popular culture than it was at its time of release, a la Kate Bush. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Kate Bush was. Ba- I mean, people still knew. I remember. Don't stop believing from when it was popular, <laughs> but most people, Kate Bush, I think, was a little bit of an extreme story of that. But I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps. So I, I, I do remember. You know, I know they had the celebration of of life for Tom Lorenz on, on Friday at Pinnacle yes. Bank Arena. And I remember talking to Tom when I had him on on this show. Uh, it was a few years ago, but I and, and I'm going to see if I can remember the answer now. But I asked him, who were the five artists that he got requests for the most at Pinnacle Bank Arena that hadn't been there? And I think I asked him this. So this is probably about four years ago because Garth hadn't been here yet. And I, uh, and, and uh, most many of them have come. He said it was Garth. It was Metallica uh-huh. who who subsequently came. It was U two. It was Jimmy Buffett, and then I think he said the last one was Dave Matthews Band, who's coming to Omaha. Okay, um, I think that was the other one that he had said, like the five most requested acts that hadn't yet been there to to Pinnacle Bank Arena. So, yeah, you, you, you since had since had gotten two of those those acts there. As well, and who knows, you may get... Now, Dave's coming to Omaha, so might be a while till he actually swings through Lincoln, but they tour a ton, so that may happen. You two, it's kind of on the... They kind of stick to the big venues for the most part now. That'd be a pretty big coup if they did ever pull you two, and yeah, Jimmy Buffett ought to come up here at some yeah, point. Yeah, it seems like that Jimmy fit. Buffett ought to come up here, although that might feel like more of a Pinewood Bowl concert. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but uh, I remember that conversation from... From Tom, like I'm starting to wonder who's left on these lists of of the artists that haven't been here now since since the arena has been an option that you're still waiting for. I mean, you've had if you, if you want to go into the other genres as well. I mean, you could you had Clint Black, you've had Alan Jackson, you've had Garth Brooks, you've had. I mean, you go through the the huge country names; they've all been here. You go through the big hip hop names, right? Jay Z, Snoop Dogg, um, you know Kendrick Lamar. Um, you've had, I mean, you have, you've really gone through most of the, the big names in almost every genre that, that has been here. Be- rock, I mean, rock, you did get mentality come. You had guns and roses here. I was at that show. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge one. Uh, I mean the stones, I mean, what's, I mean, to some degree, how many, how many are even left of these really hard to get rare bands that you just aren't going to see anymore that haven't been here. The Stones might be one. That's probably another one. Uh-huh. Here at Bruce Springsteen. Um, I can come up with a few. You had Elton John here. You have, you've had Billy Joel here. Have we got Taylor Swift yet? You have not. I don't think Taylor Swift has been here. That's enough. There you go. 
That's probably just trying to that's think like probably the, the, on the Mount Rushmore now. Trying to think of what the what that absolute biggest name would be at the moment that's not just big right now. Right. Um and not just was big three decades ago. Maybe Adele? Maybe. Maybe. Don't think so. You're Well, I don't know. Has she I guess I haven't heard a lot from her. Yeah, but she's when I still... when I think Adele, I still think Rolling in the Deep. Right. I don't know. She would just she would drive she would drive some. Oh, I think she I think she'd bring some people in. Yeah. By the way, I'm curious when Toto does uh does perform, are they gonna cover Weezer covering Toto? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I don't I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah, I'm 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 just looking at some of the other ones that uh the Eagle I, I were the did the Eagles end up coming to Lincoln? They were in Omaha, I know, right? They were in Omaha. Um and then I guess somebody like like somebody really current, somebody like Harry Styles or something like right. that would be would be maybe the other one. But yeah, it's uh I don't know, it's it's fun to think about, but the amount of those about the amount of those artists that have been checked off the list as having coming having come specifically to Lincoln is is uh is pretty incredible. So I pulled up the highest grossing music tours of 2022, um, okay. and this was uh, it, this was back in August. Okay, Garth Brooks was at number ten. Yeah, he's been at PBA and Memorial Stadium. Coldplay at nine. Okay, I don't think cold. I don't think Coldplay's been to PBA. I also don't know what kind of. That probably still get a pretty big response. It would. Be, they've been on some. They've been doing more tracks recently too. Oh, I'd probably get a, It's among the biggest rock bands that you can get now. John Mayer is that eight? Did he come here already? I don't think he did. I don't think he's been here yet. The Eagles at seven. Okay, and they were in Omaha. We that was what just last year we had the big Eagles. Yeah, that was just a year ago. They came to Omaha and yeah. did their big show. Okay. Eric Church at six. He's been to PBA, I think at least twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Morgan Wallen. I don't know that Morgan Wallen, he's, he's been, his success has been recent enough that I don't know that he's been, you might know better than I That'd do. That'd be a real big country get right That'd now. That'd be a big country get right now, okay. BTS. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you want to talk what would well, bring insanity. You know what I just read, though? They're all going to have to do their uh, mandatory military service in Ooh, South Korea. That's right. Yeah, like they had, one of them had asked for a delay, but they're all doing mandatory military military service, which you have to do in in South Korea. So when they get done, come back tour through maybe, Lincoln. Maybe uh, number three, Elton John came, saw it. Number two, Genesis. Got the two. And and I think they're and they're they had their they had their final show. They did their final show. They did yeah. their final show. So I don't think they're. I mean, and Phil, I think Phil Collins was a little bit rough by the end. And number one so far this year, as of a couple months ago, was Bad Bunny. Okay, I'm sure it'd get a draw, much like a much like the baby right before COVID. The <laughs> baby right before COVID. We'll always remember. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I don't know if you've got any more that you're still you're still wishing that haven't come uh, to Lincoln specifically that you are hoping will at some point. I'm I'm curious. Taylor Swift, right? A good one. I think Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. That's got to be at the, at the top of that list. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah, and and then if you would have, I mean, I guess the other thing is like, you know, like like Madonna doesn't tour anymore, right? Right. I mean, that would be. Yeah, or, I mean, I'd get roasted for this, but I'd go see if Nickelback came. Yeah, you're gonna get roasted for that. Yeah. No, that's not gonna. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, thoughts kind, on kind of recent. There's uh, AJR. 
I'd go see. Yeah. I'd go watch AJR. Okay. Stones. Get the stones. Get the stones. Get the stones in Lincoln. <laughs> I mean, you feel like you don't have a lot of time left, but you might <laughs> because you felt like that for thirty years. <laughs> It's actually, you've got until about 2040. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> like, like, what is it? I mean, what could happen now? You got through COVID. <laughs> got through COVID. I saw an interview. I was watching some documentary where they were they were interviewing uh, uh, Harrison and uh, uh, they were even Keith, Keith Richards and he was still smoking during it. <laughs> you kidding me? Um, oh, Mexi Fry says Foo Fighters. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a big one. I think if you're putting that list together, you're Foo Fighters. Would Foo be. Fighters. Taylor now, Swift. I don't know what I don't know what Foo Fighters touring plans are anymore either, though. That that's right. The videos, by the way, of uh, of the sons on drums. In the, mm-hmm. the, yeah, they've been those have been emotional. Yeah. So I don't know what their what their plans even are at this. Pearl Jam has come. Pearl Jam uh-huh. has been there, um, which would be another one of the biggest. Biggest ones that's already happened. I don't know, like Eminem. If you want to get hip hop, Eminem hasn't been here. Like that would be a pretty big one. I think that'd one. still get a draw. That'd be a pretty big sure. one. <clears throat> but you, know, you got Snoop, Jay Z. You got Kendrick Lamar. You Kanye. Got, <laughs> on a on a speaking tour or on a on a hip hop tour? Yes. <laughs> oh man. All right, we'll take a break. You started in. off with a rally. Yeah. Oh, Frank also said Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I don't know if they're touring anymore either. But that would be I saw it. a cover band for That'd Rage Against the Machine. I would, I would, that if, was still awesome. If they would come, I would go to that show. <laughs> I'll go to either of those. All right, 825. We'll take a break. K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Byron. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. You know, and there's a lot of people you can blame for what happened on, on Saturday. You can go to the offensive line. You can go to the, you know, the defense, the officials, and their lack of holding calls. But... I like to go outside of all of that, and I like to find the person who wrote a story entitled, Can We Declare the Nebraska One-Score-Loss Demon Exercised as Potentially the Problem Here? And he joins us right now, Dirk Chatlin from the Omaha World-Herald. No, I guess it's not exercise, Dirk, if that's your yeah. if, if that's a question. 
It is the first time in 20 years covering this program that I've ever been wrong about something. <laughs> I guess every once in a while it's bound to uh, bound to happen, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, at some point the law of averages, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you didn't even think that a one score, maybe you didn't even think a one score game was in the cards here. Fourteen point underdog, you know that sort of thing. So. Uh, perhaps as you were thinking this whole thing through, but I think if you played that game, let's 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 uh, attempt a little thought exercise here. Let, let's say Trey Palmer says, ah, "I think I'm going to stay in LSU, or I think I'm going to go to Alabama or Michigan or whatever." Uh, how badly does Nebraska lose that game Saturday night? Uh, probably t- 20, 21, 20 points, twenty-one points, a little <laughs> bit worse than the spread, I would think. Do you think is that fair? Yeah, I just it, it was the strangest game. It was like Nebraska was was basically outplayed in every phase, and yet somehow still had a chance at the end. Uh, it was it was a little bit inspiring. It was a little. It was it was uh, certainly disheartening. Uh, I I just it just never felt like they they really belonged on the same field. And and you know Sam McEwen wrote about it this morning, but. Nebraska has to fix what's going on up front. I mean, this thing is just, this is off the rails when it comes to the offensive and defensive line. I mean, it's, just, it's not sustainable. I thought Nebraska had made serious progress over the last couple of years, and, and certainly on the defensive line. Uh, and and they just, I mean, they just got hammered. Uh, and I realized they're playing, you know, backup linebackers and a young secondary and, uh, but but what is going on up front in this program is is really concerning, especially when you look at who they're going to play in the next six yeah. weeks. Well, I mean, what are you going to – I mean, I don't know what you're going to do for the rest of this year. I mean, <laughs> the, especially on the offensive line. I mean, I feel like they've tried everything there is to try at this point. It it, it kind of is what it is. And, um, it, it, I mean, I think the, 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 the best hope right now is to have defenses start to get worried about Trey Palmer – and start to to back off the line of scrimmage a little bit. I mean, that's honestly yeah, the answer right now. It's weird. Like, I seriously came away from Saturday night. I was, I was like kind of inspired, you know, because it was like, geez, you know, Mickey Joseph has no no business being in this game, considering mm-hmm. you know they've got eight, eighteen minutes of time of possession and all this, and and yet, you know, big picture, it was like this this program is in a world of hurt right now. Yeah. So, um, it was it was strange emotions, similar to you know Rutgers. How you came away from that sort of saying, uh, you know, kind of making the same conclusion that that they're in a really bad place, and yet somehow they found a way to win. Saturday night, it was more like, uh, okay, this this thing is they're just. I mean, Jack, they they got beat in basically every way you could get beat, except except they probably you know had the best player on the field, uh, and so. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm concerned about. I, obviously, this is all going to change at the end of the fall, and they're going to have a totally new roster right. next year. Right. But my gosh, Jack. I mean, for the tenth time, we have to ask the question. You know, what what were they doing down there the last couple of years in yeah. terms of recruiting and player development? What are you going to? I mean, yeah. It, obviously, the new whatever the new regime is is going to have to make that a priority. But for the remainder of this year, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you've yeah. you're you're doing what you can do. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. But the crazy thing about what you're saying is, yeah, I mean, your your assessment I think is is mostly right. I mean, I mean, the the inability to cover Trey Palmer and him killing Purdue that bad was pretty 
unacceptable for Purdue, too. I mean, that was horrendous. If I'm a Purdue almost, fan... Almost, I mean, it, it was comical. It was, it was just... Comical. I was like, there's no way they're kidding they can do... I was they, Nebraska got the ball back that last time. I was like, there's no way it can happen again, can it? Like, they've got to know that's the only thing they need to watch out for. And second play, boop, right to him. It was like... I just cackled. It was so hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was. It was seriously like a video game where you're just like, okay, the computer, you know, we're gonna yeah. send, send this guy deep and drop back forty yards. And, uh, you know, Tecmo Super Bowl 1991. Exactly. Uh, well, and so. apparently Trey Palmer told the defender, "Dude, you suck." He's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Not, I mean, he's not wrong. That's Larry Bird esque. Hey, hey, you know what it was? It was uh, it was it was Troy Edwards against Irwin Sweeney, nineteen ninety eight. Yes. yes. Uh, oh my Nebraska, gosh. Nebraska dominated. You know, dominates Louisiana Tech. The game was never in doubt, and yet Troy Edwards has like four hundred yards. Uh, because Nebraska can't cover him. Yeah, That's but you know, Dirk. The crazy thing is, all those things you're saying is true. But like, I'm telling you, what Ty Robinson doesn't overrun O'Connell on that fourth down play. And uh, uh, Trey's probably adding another touchdown and a walk-off win. That's yeah. the insane thing. Like, I, I mean, who knows? Anything could happen. But they were one tackle. Like, they were like three missed sacks away on that last drive from getting that ball back. And it was, ju- it was just frustrating because O'Connell would do just enough every single time to either get rid of the ball or avoid a sack or do whatever that it was. He was in a no... Uh, listen... He was a good player. Matt Millen might have had a little hyperbole going, but he was he was an annoying quarterback because he just <laughs> did enough every time. Oh my gosh, I was so tired of that dude by the end of the game. Yeah, it's a good player. It's just again, Nebraska. Nebraska is just they're just not disruptive right now. Uh, they you know defensively they don't yeah. they don't make anybody uncomfortable. Um, you know, Rutgers is a little bit different because I think Rutgers sort of created their own problems. But when you look across the field, and granted, I understand, like, Luke Grimer's their best defensive defensive player, and he was out. I mean, that I think Nebraska might have won the game had Reimer played, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they just – I don't know what happened to the, to the talent level, uh, especially on defense. I mean, it's just – yeah. At some point, we're going to do a deep roster dive and, and say what the what the heck went wrong here. But uh, they're just they're playing a lot. Jack, I don't know how else to say it. They're playing a lot of guys who might not be starters at North Dakota State or South Dakota State. You know, oh, wow. it's just like what what the heck happened? Here? So let's recalibrate. So where we are now with a bye week, two weeks off, five games left, right, and uh, you know, four of them. Four of them, I think, feel uh, feel like they could be some toss-up games based on how Nebraska is is playing right now. Three of which are at home, so those games are in order: Illinois, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, and then at Iowa. And then you got that Michigan game, which seems like a real uphill battle given how Michigan is playing right now. But like now that we've gone through this this four game stretch with Mickey Joseph going two and two. Like, how do you sort of recalibrate? Where do you set the expectations? What now? What now is uh, is what you expect from this team? What is an impressive coaching result in these five games? Where are you at here on this uh, October seventeenth with five games left? You want you want to wrap this up all in three minutes, huh? Yeah, uh, we, we got more, we got like seven. <laughs> so so first of all, this is obviously what everybody's talking about. You know, the last forty eight hours. Um, I, I think. 
First of all, I think what Joseph did Saturday night was pretty impressive. Uh, I thought, you know, not only not only sort of maximizing what he had, uh, he was. I think he's getting a little bit better feel for for how to sort of man the sideline, side patrol the sideline, and, and manage a game. I think you know, from that standpoint, I think he's he's doing really well. Uh, it's just it's it's really hard to prove that you are you know uh, a really good head coaching candidate at a program like Nebraska when when you are in a situation like this, because it's right. not really, it's not really your team, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, so if Mickey Joseph can, can, you know, the irony of this is if you hire Joseph, the biggest reason you do it is because you think he can upgrade your talent, right? I think that's, that is the number one reason why you would hire him is because you think that, that he has a player rapport and a recruiting potential where he could seriously upgrade your talent. Well, he's playing with a, a roster right now that is as deficient in talent uh, as, as you can ever see at Nebraska. So, um, you know, I think it's hard to assess that point of that part of it. You know, I thought he, I thought his chances actually improved Saturday night uh, based on how, how they hung in that game. But, you know, having said that, I just don't know, how he's going to make a compelling case for the job, an overwhelming case for the job, if they can't get to at least six and six. And, and I think that's an uphill battle. So, um, you know, I think, I think fans, I expected to come away from a loss at Purdue and say to myself, okay, uh, the Mickey, the Mickey dream is over. It's, mm-hmm. it's time to start. It's time to start assessing the field. And, uh, and, and I didn't really come away with that feeling. In fact, I, I felt like, you know, Joseph, you know, coached a, coached a really good game. But I just don't know, Jack, how you hire uh, an interim coach that, that finishes 5-7, and seven, especially when you have the resources, you know, to probably pursue almost anybody in the country. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think we're going to start seeing more conversations here in the next few weeks uh, about potential outside guys. Um, and, you know, while there's not like an overwhelming home run candidate, I, th- I still think, you know, when you dangle eight, eight million bucks, uh, you're going to get a lot of guys around the country who are interested in the job. Yeah, it's weird. Like, if I put out a poll now on of the external candidates where the consensus of at least, like, fans are, I don't even know what it would be at this nope. point. Isn't that crazy? Like, I don't even know who a plurality would be at this point. Would it Would it be uh, maybe Leipold? But I, I don't know. It may not be. Well, yeah, he just lost two in a row. Yeah, um, and I think you know you, you got to be. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. You got to be careful about you know. <laughs> it's the old thing about the NCAA tournament basketball coach that you know if if he wins if he if he beats a five seed uh, upsets a five seed on a last second shot you know he's the hottest candidate in the country and if he loses on a last second shot you know nobody knows who he is and right. you got to be careful about that. I mean it's you got to you got to you know, analyze candidates more big picture, I think, and not judge them by one game or two, or, or two Saturdays, you know, a two game losing streak at, at Kansas, for instance. Uh, but I, I agree with you that, that there's not like somebody that just jumps off the page. Right. Uh, the good, the good news is I think, you know, Trev Alberts is probably, is probably pretty deep in the weeds at this point in terms of conversations and uh, sort of looking around the country. And I don't think he's probably paying a whole lot of attention to, you know, what's this guy's record. I think he's probably looking more at, you know, I think he's probably more in, in 
deeper conversations about how such and such builds a program and, uh, you know, what such and such his philosophy is and, and, and all those things. So, um, you know, the good news is he's got more access to information and certainly more um, into who might be interested than we do. I think our, our perspective right now is pur- purely speculative, uh, and he's probably – probably getting a lot better information than we are. Uh, but I think that's all, I think that's all going to heat up here over the next two or three weeks. Um, and you know, somebody's going to emerge as a, as a real hot candidate, not just for Nebraska, but for lots of other jobs too. So, uh, I think it'll be, you know, whether Leipold finishes nine and three or, uh, whoever, you know, there's going to be somebody that emerges in, in November as the guy that everybody's talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> it's yeah. Uh, and, and, and you make a good point going back to, to Mickey too, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> this is, I, I mean, you only have, you can only create his resume out of what you've got out of, out of this, but this isn't a proper tryout for what they want him to do. Really, it just it, it it isn't no matter what, and I guess there's some point where he does the job so well that you you honestly can't ignore it. But you know, even if he does, even yeah. if he does end up five and seven, I like I don't you, you don't know because it's a, it's a different. You're you're hiring somebody to build the house, and he's going in and fixing a house, not building a house. You know what I yeah, mean? Five and seven shouldn't disqualify him, but on the other hand, it would be really difficult to hire. A guy who's who's never been a big time, you know, college head head coach. Um, you know, when when again you have the resources to pursue, probably a top twenty head coach. So uh, I just think that he's going to be in a tough spot where it will be a tough sell. My, my guess is if it's Mickey Joseph, it's probably because um, Nebraska, you know, didn't get the interest that they expected, or you know, uh, other top candidates, you know, went elsewhere. Um, my guess is Mickey is, is probably going to be more sort of in the backup camp, uh, than he would at the top of the list. The, the concern that I would have, and I had this conversation, you know, a couple different times over the weekend, but, you know, people said, well, you know, it's just really important that they bring it back, that they retain him. You know, he's clearly an asset. And my, my concern would just be, okay, if you're Mickey Joseph, you, you know, you were running the program for three months. Uh, you know, and suddenly you're going to, you're going to step back and, and basically hand it over to an outsider. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is that, would you do that? Would I do that? Um, I realize the allure of the alma mater and the, you know, associate head coach and the salary and all that. Right. But, but I think that would be tough for him to do. I, know. You know, I think that would be, I think that would be tough for anybody to do to sort of have control of the program and then and then yield it again. There's so. the thought there's this thought that he'll do it, but I I wonder the same thing. And not and not only that, but like you've got to persuade your next head coach that, you know, that Mickey is is not is you know, is is not going to um you know, seize the attention of your roster or um I know he's not going to undermine you, but but you know, he's it's it's a little bit awkward there. If if he was, you know, running the show for three months and suddenly he's he's standing over on the side and and here I am the new guy coming in from the outside and uh, are they going to listen to me or Mickey and you know so I don't know it's just I think if you were in a big corporation uh, it would be sort of hard to see uh, that interim guy sticking around. Yeah. So I get it. I, yeah. Trevor I... Roberts, he, he, Trevor Roberts is going to have to you know appease some egos here 
uh, and not just of the coaches, but I think he's got to, you know, he's got to think about players too. I don't know. The one thing that's been a constant in this program, other than, you know, not, not meeting expectations the last 20 years, fan discord over what the coaching situation is and disagreements on, on certain guys. And I feel like it's, I'm sure somehow it's going to come down to Mickey looking just, you know, just good enough to, to be a candidate, but not good enough to get hired. And you're going to have your new divide in Husker football fandom. Uh, which you finally, I felt like you finally had some unity a couple of times, and and you won't hear. Now, Jack, so we'll now, 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 Jack, come on, let's let's be optimistic here. Glass half full, which is always your personality. Uh, you know, think of it. Think of the uh, the potential good that can come from this. Yes. Uh, yes. After, after twenty years, you know, Nebraska fans are due for a little bit of that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh we'll see. A win against, half just a win against lives, Iowa. Jack. That'd be all right. Half, half of our lives, Jack. I know. Uh, have been uh you know full of turmoil and dissension and hey listen whatever give me four and one give me four and one all right jack, illinois jack. minnesota iowa wisconsin lose to michigan i'll be good jack no matter surely what. surely it wasn't lost on you that the head coach in the middle of the the victory celebration uh over alabama uh was a a former ucf coach and national championship <laughs> Big 12 quarterback. Yes. Uh, like, come on, man. Can you kick it in our face right. more than that? Like, exactly. John Right. Here. Like, the one remaining comparison school to Nebraska was Tennessee, <laughs> wasn't it? It really was, uh, just in terms of the, the, the kind of valley that they were going through. But uh, but then again, uh, hopefully Nebraska, when they get the goalpost torn down, they won't ask for a GoFundMe to replace them. That's very tacky. Very tacky. Hey, Jack, last thought. Gretna Lincoln East this week. Uh, upset our, alert. We, I'm hearing a lot about an upset alert. <laughs> Just a lot of people talking about that. Our, uh, can I count on you uh, concocting some sort of wager, you know, that, that benefits Gretna's economy, perhaps? <laughs> All right. I will, th- I will think about that. Anything to get them to, the resources to build some more restaurants on that main drag <laughs> so we have some place to stop when we drive through there would be good. All right. I'll think about it, Dirk. You think the same. We'll put something together. Uh, I assume Sounds I'm getting good. points on this. So that's oh. good. <laughs> well, like 20 or so, I would say. That's probably fair. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk, Dirk, all right? All right, sounds good. Dirk Challen, Omaha, World Herald. Let's 57, wrap up the show for this on KLIN. Myron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIS. All right, who got our second Fantasy Oscars uh, pick for Fling Week 2? Tom gets it, and he's taken UCLA. Up against Oregon. Good pick by Tom. If you want in on the uh, special offers for the Journey Toto tickets, pre-sale code coming out Thursday. Tickets go on sale to the public on Friday. Become a KLIN Insider at KLIN.com to get those sent right to your inbox. Also, you do another thing here. Go to the Facebook page for KLIN. Tell us your favorite Journey and Toto songs for a chance to win before you can buy them. So, big concert coming to PBA in March, and we're going to get you hooked up with tickets. We'll see you tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. From the 